from Two Queens, offering fresh roasted coffee, fine teas, and local honey. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. Coffee, tea, and bees. TwoQueensHoney.com. This is WJFF Radio Catskill, and we are going into Catskill character with our host, Donna Fellenberg. Donna, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I'm I'm holed up in the house here, <laughs> and uh, I've you know I'm, I I feel pretty comfortable. Um, I hope everyone else is trying to maintain a sense of calm, and that's kind of what I wanted to see if we could talk about today. One of the other volunteers suggested that maybe we need to talk about the anxiety that everyone is feeling. So, Well, I think you're right. And you are not only the host of Catskill Character, but you're also a psychoanalyst, so you are um, well-equipped to lead us through this and <laughs> to talk yeah, about well, I, the anxiety we might all have at this time. I, did, I am a psychoanalyst, and I did um, run into people with anxiety quite frequently in my practice. So um, I, have some, I have some experience with it. And I thought maybe for our purposes we could identify three types of anxiety. Um, generalized anxiety, which is kind of a diffuse anxiety. It doesn't really have any kind of genesis, single genesis. It's just people who have generalized anxiety can be anxious about anything and everything. Uh, psychotic anxiety, that's the kind of anxiety people get who have um you know, very, very severe mental illness. They think people are after them. They're uh, afraid someone's going to kill them. Or, you know, there's, they have um, lots of anxieties that you and I would never even think of. And situational anxiety, which is really what people are experiencing now. It's, um, it's about a specific situation. And you might not have had any, had any kind of anxiety problems before this, but this situation, such as COVID-19, is so huge and so um, different from anything else in your life that you develop an anxiety about it, which is, of course, very common. Yeah, and you might even think you don't have anxiety, as you said, but then it's just because everything's going on in this situation that you, yeah. your body might feel that. And you say that a situational anxiety calls for a plan. What do you mean by a plan? Yeah, well, the common thread that goes through all of these feelings is a loss of control, right? So uh, in my practice, what I would do with people is help them to develop a plan, to put some kind of a plan in place, even if it's a rudimentary one, you know, because if you have a plan, you begin to feel like maybe you can gain some control of at least what your reaction to the situation is. In this case, people's reaction to COVID-19. And, and all the swirling amount of information that's out there, sometimes it's contradictory, which makes things even worse. So if you're going to put a plan into place in, in this situation, um, I would think for some people the first thing they might do is is restrict their amount of news consumption. You know, people tend to sit by the TV and listen all day long or, you know, listen Guilty. to the radio. Guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very, very common thing to do. You want to arm yourself with all the information you can get. And unfortunately, in this situation, so much of the information is contradictory. 
and that makes you feel an even greater loss of control. So that would probably be one of the things that I would be uh, helping my patients to do is to to restrict their their intake of info. And just one note about um, that, Donna, if I might, yeah. well, just to, this is a good point time to to point out that the most reliable sources of information continue to be from the World Health Organization's guidance at who.int, from the Centers for Disease Control's coronavirus page at cdc.gov, as well as the local government sources in Sullivan County and New York and Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a place where you can go and get the facts. Yeah, those are the places that you would go. Um, my husband and I were listening, even before it got really, really big, to um, the uh, CDC had two times a week they were doing, like, media uh, Events, and uh, they had Dr. Messonnier on. She's one of their one of their leading um, people, and she would give talks and answer questions. And that was very helpful. It sort of helped you to understand what was actually going on and how we were responding here, or unfortunately, how we were not responding here at times. So um, that is one thing that we can do. And you know. One of the things I notice up here, one of the advantages we have is that we are so close to nature. I have a lot of friends who are weekenders, and they they just can't wait to get, even in the best of times, they can't wait to get up here to be outside. And one of the things I would recommend um, is to go for a peaceful, purposeful, mindful walk. In other words, don't just go walking through uh, on a path that you normally go. Feel your feet on the ground. Walk heel to toe. Feel your feet attached to the earth so that you actually begin to feel grounded. And it might be, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it might be silly to say, but it's important, I think, to remind people, it's okay to go outside. You can go out. You should be outside. And you should be outside. Yes, and you it's going to be. Vitamin D. Yes, and it's 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 pretty mild, I would say, for winter right now. So you're getting some sun, and and enjoy that. You know, you're not going out with a thousand people, so you can go right. outside. And when you go outside, I just Laura Silverman, who is a wonderful resource for yeah. anything with the outdoors, she did remind us the other day that the ticks are coming out. So if you go outside, here's your plan: prepare as you would in the summer. To uh, dress accordingly. Yeah, so all those other problems that we deal with up here are still around. Ticks. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking, oh boy, last summer my big thing was the ticks. I was so worried about the ticks. They seem not quite as important right now, but they still are. So Mm -hmm. go for your walk and prepare for the ticks. And walk with Um, purpose, you say, like getting grounded, doing breath work. Yes. So, you know, Doug Bill uh, this morning just did a wonderful exercise for breath work. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, and you can't always do it for that length of time. So I would tell you to take deep breaths. And I would do this with every patient that I first uh, encountered in my office. I'd ask them to take a deep breath for me. And, you know, Tim, every, practically every single one, and I saw hundreds of people through the years, when they would breathe, their shoulders would shoot up to the ears. You know, mm-hmm. take a deep breath, and that is exactly the wrong way to breathe. You want to expand your diaphragm. You keep your shoulders down, and you're breathing from down in your diaphragm. So if you wrapped your hands on either side of your rib cage as you you breathed in, you'd feel the expansion of the rib cage, and as you exhaled, 
you'd feel the rib cage folding gently into itself. <laughs> I'm doing so, that now. It feels really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it too. It's very relaxing. It it's is very relaxing, and you can do it in front of a mirror. If you you'd be surprised that first breath that you take, you see your shoulders go up. So you you remind yourself, put your hands around your rib cage and do that expansion, yeah. and breathe like that. And what about a diet? Um, our diets. We should always continue to eat healthy. You know, stress eating is not yeah. good at any time, probably. Yeah, and um, you know, there's so much information going on about supplements you should be taking. I saw something the other day about this huge amount of vitamin D. I can't even take vitamin D supplements. I they make me sick for some reason. But get out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Get out in the sun for you know fifteen twenty minutes a day and. Just let the sun do its work. That's that's your vitamin D right there. And try to um, not eat as much sugar as you might. Sugar is a is the enemy of the body as far as inflammation goes. And I learned this when I did get bitten by a tick mm-hmm. and got Lyme disease. That um, you want to avoid inflammation. So sugar is something that you should try to. Um, either eliminate or certainly lessen. All, one. Sorry to interrupt again. All, all really, yeah. really important uh, tips and advice. And, you know, Catskill Character has become your, your show where you get to go out and talk to all of the wonderful mm. people in the community. You've really uh, had a chance to connect with some folks uh, that are really, truly special, and including some folks that um, are resilient during uh, their situational <laughs> stress and anxiety yeah. as well. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those characters? Yes, you know, I... I meet most incredible people, and I, I feel so fortunate and blessed. Uh, one of the people that comes to mind immediately for me is John Adams. Do you know him, the Adams Family yeah. Filmmakers? Yeah. He, you know, he's a perfect example of resilience. He was in the middle of a career, very successful career as a model. Uh, he was walking the runways in Milan, you know, very, very successful and he was also a successful musician he had moved back to new york and he was calvin klein's fit model he was doing great he was happy and doing what he wanted to do and bam he was diagnosed with cancer in the middle of all this so he had to literally turn his life around and decide to live a number of times so he's very much of an inspiration for me Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to play a clip of another fabulous Catskill character who I just had on the show recently, the artist Bronwyn Curtis, who developed a terrible eye disease that began to rob her of her sight. Now, can you imagine being mm-hmm. an artist and not being able to see? Right. And how she responded to this made all the difference. So maybe One day I was on my clip. computer working and lines were getting wavy, like the... The menu bar on my computer was wavy, so I immediately, you know, called my eye doctor because I've had eye problems my whole life. Really? Yeah, I'm very nearsighted. I started wearing glasses when I was three. So I I have something called myopic CNV, corduroidal neovascularization. Now, what would happen if someone didn't address this? They would lose their vision. Oh, Actually, I had problems when I was 14, and I lost the vision in my right eye because of it. But back then, they didn't have a treatment like they do now. Oh. So you don't have any vision in your right eye? 
I lost the central vision in my eye. Is that like having a cataract? You know, when a cataract is covering the pupil? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it kind of looks like when you um, watch TV and a f- person's face is blacked out. Okay. You know, it's grayed out. It's kind of what it's like in my central vision. Mm. That's where my retina tore and then scarred. So that happened when you were 14? I was 14. So you had to accommodate that. Right. My, my brain learned to adjust. Mm, like just... my, my central vision, I use my left eye. With my right eye, I can see to the side and above. But mm-hmm. I just can't see. I have to force myself to see with my right eye now. Okay. So what's the treatment for this? Oh, this is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun one. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Something tells me that was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, a shot in the eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, was, it's, it was much better than you would expect. It really was. I mean, when I first had my first shot, I, I was scared because I had never had it. Mm. Just, I was there, and he told me, you know, I, you need to have an injection. Did he tell and, you that the same day he had diagnosed you? He did. Okay, so w- would you mind walking us through that? Let us, you know, tell me about it. Okay, well, I'm in a room and I'm sitting there. It's in a chair, like a doctor, eye, eye doctor's office chair. Mm-hmm. And they put drops in your eyes and they, um, it numbs it. And then they put a shot in my eye, which numbed it more. And then they give you the shot, but you don't, you didn't feel it. No, and I didn't even know he was doing that either. I mean, then all of a sudden he comes over and... And, and I, I can see the medicine go in my eye. Oh. It kind of looked like a lava lamp. It was oh, pretty wow. Cool. <laughs> there, yeah. There's always an upside, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gee. So if you don't mind telling me, what's the prognosis for this particular disease? It's the, they don't know. It depends. I mean, I, I could not have to have an injection eventually, or I could have to have them for the rest of my life. There's Are you no having them so. on a monthly basis? Or? Yeah, every four weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, this might sound like a very obvious question, but how did this affect your painting? Well, I had to adjust. When it first happened, I, you know, it, was, it, it took me a while to get back into painting, you know, a couple weeks. You know, Bronwyn, you know. some people might just give up at that point. Did that ever cross your mind? I'm thinking no. <sighs> no, I just, I just loved it. I hadn't done it for so long, and I just... You know, it just it just felt really good. I, I loved it. It was a passion at that point, an obsession almost. So you weren't going to let anything get in your way? No. So what kind of accommodations did you make as far as the painting goes? Well, when I'm painting now, I don't wear my contacts. I wear my glasses. I have more adjustment that way. I can move my glasses. Like I have to get really close to see a straight line because I can't do straight lines anymore. Mm. It's like when I'm looking at the whole image, I stand back and and I paint. I stand back and I paint. Do you work larger than you used to? I do. I do. Most of my canvases are 36 by 24 or Mm -hmm. 30 by 30. Yeah. Yeah, I tried painting smaller thinking, you know, I, if if things went bad, then um, if things went bad, I I wasn't sure how long I'd be. Oh, right. If it wasn't such a huge painting, if things went bad. Yeah, it was more of a commitment that way. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I was doing some research when, when things weren't going as well, you know, when I didn't know that the injections were going to work so well. It's just like, okay, how can I continue this? You know, so I was, I was searching mm-hmm. and I found him and he's incredible. John Bramblett? 
Yes, Bramlett. John Bramblett. He's completely blind, and he does these beautiful paintings. Mm. Well, he has something in common with you. Do you know what that is? What's that? Resilience. You are such a resilient person. You just you you don't let anything get you. You just keep coming. You would call it stubborn. I call it resilient. (laughs) It's a great interview, Donna. Uh, Resilience is uh, kind of our theme today, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing, and her paintings are beautiful. Yeah, how do you find so, your how do you find your Catskill characters? Do you go out and search them on your own? Do they come to you? It is a mix of both. Yeah, um, you know, I like to find them myself. Whether it's you know just meeting someone at a party or seeing something on the internet that piques my interest, or maybe someone will tell me about someone they met, and it, it, um, something about the person has to resonate for me. Because I work so much better with people if I have that connection. Um, and that's just how it just happens. And a lot of my characters say, oh, I have a friend. You know, this happened with uh, Toby Poser. She said, you know, I have a friend, Sasha Graham, who does tarot readings. And I was like, wow, tarot readings, that's different. And, you know, it just yeah. kind of snowballs like that. Yeah. So tell us about another uh, Catskill character that you, um, who, who kind of represents resiliency as well, Jacques Fine. Yeah, Jacques Fine was a child Holocaust survivor. He was put on a farm by his mother, um, a farm that was a Christian family, and um, he lived there for several years during the war in France. He, had, he was from Paris, and they put him outside of Paris on this farm. His whole family died, except for his sister, who was also there on the farm with him. Mm. And uh, you might think that this would be a very bitter person, but what happened with him, the way he uh, chose to respond to this was to feel a a huge amount of gratitude. And uh, he was put in an orphanage. For the first time in his life, he learned what being Jewish was, because he was out on the farm at a very young age. And so he was with all these Jewish kids, learning to speak uh, Hebrew and learning what it meant to be Jewish. And then he got adopted by the, at the age of 10 by a family from Passaic, New Jersey, the Fines. Oh, wow. And uh, he came over here with his sister, and that's how he ended up being a Catskill character, because he worked at Maud's, uh, which was a, a resort right outside of Jeffersonville in uh, North Branch. And he had so much love for this country and so much gratitude. And he spent the rest of his life uh, trying to do good. And he started organizations for um, child survivors. He was very big in Howard County in Maryland. Um, When he died, uh, there were so many people at his funeral, they couldn't accommodate them. He was Mm. beloved. But that's what he chose to do instead of being bitter he chose to be grateful. And again, once again, it shows, you know, that saying, my attitude is gratitude. Well, you know, it really can be a very helpful tool. Um, and if he spent his life ba- basically with a deep purpose and meaning. And I think that's important for anyone. Absolutely. If you want to listen to that uh, particular show, you can go into the archives, and it was on February 1st. Absolutely. That's great. You're listening to Catskill Character with 
your host Donna Fellenberg on the phone and me, Tim Bruno, here in the studio. We're going to take a quick pause because this is our spring pledge, pledge drive, a quiet drive. We're not interrupting as often our regular programming, but we do need your support. And let's hear from one of our volunteers, John Gordon, about why he supports WJFF Radio Catskill. Hi there, this is John Gordon. WJFF Spring Pledge Drive is happening right now. We made it a quiet pledge drive, which means we're only asking for your support during regular breaks like this one. Because the less time we spend asking, the more time we bring you the news and music to help you get through tough times. So that's it. Quiet pledge drive. If you happen to hear it, let us know. Remember, you're never alone when you've got your radio on. So help us keep the radio on for everyone. Please give what you can now on the WJFF app or at wjffradio.org. Or if you don't have the Internet, call 845-482-4141. That's wjffradio.org. Thanks. Thanks, John. More of a letting you know a pitch versus his testimonial, but I don't know if you get much out of John other than that's it, call. <laughs> right? He's well, a Catskill character um, as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, Tim, do you prefer people to go online to wjffradio.org? I mean, are you the only one there right now? Well, we're at that point where the three of us are crossing over to the staff. The three staff members, just so folks know, if you don't know already, we've asked our volunteers to stay home during this pledge drive and for the next uh, few weeks uh, until we think the coast is clear because of, uh, you know, utmost concern about their safety and health. So that's why Donna's on the phone, and that's why you've been hearing some special editions of some things. Um, right now, though, we have that kind of crossover where Jason, uh, myself, and Dan are all here. We're the three staffers, and we're sort of crossing over. I'm going to go take a nap in a little bit, but for now we're here, (laughs) and we can still use your support at wjffradio.org, and that's where we kind of are directing people just because there's fewer hands. Uh, Right now we happen to have some hands, and if you want to call, go 845-482-4141 and talk to Dan or Jason. They're still able to make coherent sentences at this point. Um, I may not be, (laughs) but uh, WJFF Radio is also a good place to go, and also, uh, I don't know if folks know this, but when you go online, it's safe and secure, but when you go online, you can also uh, make a comment about why you support WJFF Public Radio for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania, and somebody uh, mentioned earlier that they listen everywhere. They listen uh, in their barn, uh, in their house, in their car, in their sap house, where they have uh, maple syrup, which is awesome, and um, you can listen to us everywhere um, on 90.5 FM, obviously, WJFFradio.org, where we're streaming, or on the WJFF app, and you can ask your smart speaker to play WJFF Radio Catskill. Mm. <laughs> so we're you talking. Know, yeah, um, go ahead. While you're there, after you make that donation, if you want to listen to any of the archives, you just press the archive button, yeah. and there they are. Voila! Yeah. Any of the shows that you want to listen to, the um, locally produced shows, are on the archives. Yeah, and you can listen to your favorite Catskill character shows with Donna Fellenberg on the archives. Uh, we've been talking about a few of her favorites and a few of them that relate to our theme today of resiliency and, and battling anxiety during these turbulent times. Um, mm-hmm. One of the other folks that you wanted to talk about was um, Murmur Blakesley, who wrote a book called A Conversation with Fear. Tell us about Murmur and her experience as a Catskill character. Oh, Murmur is amazing. She's a, a very famous, if you will, ski instructor. She's a gardener and she's a writer. She's written several books and she's an amazing person. I loved having her on 
But what's apropos to what we're talking about today is this particular book that she wrote, which was A Conversation with Fear. And she was using her experience as a ski instructor to help people to expand their comfort zone on and off the slopes. It's like a metaphor, Tim. So it's not really just about skiing. It's about handling your fear in life. And we certainly need right now to be able to expand our comfort zone. Um, because who's comfortable in these times? You know, we're all battling with our, our, our fears about this virus because we don't know anything about it. But Murmur says that um, as far as fear goes, and this is a quote from her book, once we accept fear as a habitual acquaintance in an imaginative, meaningful life, we can begin to cultivate a conversation with it rather than engage it in a fight. And that reminds me of um, a quote that I got from when I was very much younger. I went to the EST training. I'm sure, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I took out of that was a saying that uh, they repeated over and over again, and this is it. What we resist will persist. What we resist will persist. Persist. So if we resist our feelings, if we try to deny them or, or stuff them down or fight them off, they'll just come in at, keep coming at you. So we have to kind of like relax into our feelings of fear. And then, as I said before, develop a plan of how to handle what you're going to do. Have something concrete to hold on to. Learn how to breathe into your anxiety. Are you with me? I'm with you, absolutely. And uh, we've got uh, some other folks that are with you, too. Gordon from White Sulphur Springs just called in with a pledge, uh, especially for Catskill character. So you are making an impact on a lot of our listeners, uh, not oh, only today funny. with your advice, and uh, but every every Saturday at 1130 with Catskill character. So thank you, Gordon, for your generous donation from White Sulphur Springs. Yes. Thank you, Gordon. Uh, Donna, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking time out of, of your time away <laughs> from us for a second. Sure. But we really appreciate it. I know your listeners are, are happy to hear from you. We're happy to hear from you. And we certainly appreciate all of the wonderful advice that you've been giving us this, this half hour. Well, thank you, Tim. And thank you for what you're doing. I know you're tired. <laughs> and I know you have a long road ahead of you. So keep breathing. Keep doing that diaphragmatic breathing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to remember every time in, in, and then Donna's like, you're right on my shoulder telling me how to breathe. I really appreciate okay. it. Okay. <laughs> you take good care. Thank you so much. Okay. All Thanks, right. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to a special Pledge Drive edition of Catskill Character with your host, Donna Fellenberg. I'm Tim Bruno. We're coming up on noon where we'll have a special Pledge Drive edition of Folk Plus. Um, Stay tuned to WJFF Radio Catskill for more news, information, and community radio that you come to know and love. And please donate and support us on WJFFRadio.org. Support comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at www.thecalicoontheater.com. Support comes from Two Queens, offering fresh roasted coffee, fine teas, and local honey. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. Coffee, tea, and bees. TwoQueensHoney.com
This is WJFF Jeffersonville and W233AH Monticello. Radio Catskill, your community radio station. WJFFradio.org. Support comes from the Neversink General Store, featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products, and catering for weddings and special events. NeversinkGeneralStore.com. This is WJFF Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills in northeast Pennsylvania. It's 1158, 40 degrees with uh, forecast a little cooler than yesterday with sun in this morning and giving way to cloudy skies this afternoon and into the evening. A low tonight of 28, the high today around 46. Tomorrow, sun coming back, though, in a high of 46. Currently 40 at our studios here in Jeffersonville. I'm joined by Jason Dole, who hey. is uh, going to be taking over at noon. Hi, Jason. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, and uh, we are here. We're doing everything we can to uh, get everybody the information, but also, like we said, the relaxation. And so it was yeah. great hearing Donna talking about de-stressing there. Um, go online at wjffradio.org to make your contribution right now because it is our spring gathering our spring pledge drive and and uh, we need to raise the support even as we do what we're doing here in the community we got a lot of great things on deck we got a uh, folk plus coming up um uh kathy geary's got a saint patrick's day edition of her program that oh, we're nice. going to be hearing later on uh, uh during uh, uh because that's also uh something that's happening yeah so, so uh, the world is still going on with the other things yeah yeah time still moves forward so <laughs> the ticks are still coming <laughs> saint patrick's day is still happening uh so yes you know, please give us a you can give us a call actually because the three of us happen to be here at this crossover time eight four five four eight two four one four one. dan rigney our general manager jason dole our program director and me tim bruno this guy that just hangs around a little bit um give us a call and uh, donate and show your support for public radio in the catskills in northeast pennsylvania or you can go online to wjffradio.org and as jason said all your favorites on saturday are still coming up yep. it's a special pledge drive edition of those shows we're going to be calling up some of our uh hosts are that are not in the studio but are uh home remotely so you can still hear their voices um and um you know it's it's a good time to to show how much it means to have this uh, public radio station in your life. Right, Jason? That's right. That's right. So that's why I uh, want to keep this here for everybody in your life. Uh, 845-482-4141 or online at wjffradio.org. I also say real quick, Tim, on the on 